Hey everybody, it's Mike Schulte. Thanks for tuning in to the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. This is episode number 33. Today I have some very special guests. I have Dan Ray and Adam Johnson of Cover Band Confidential. These guys started a Facebook group and podcast dedicated strictly to cover bands and conveying information and knowledge about that world. Uh, on the episode today, we talk a lot about uh, great topics, you know, including how they got started playing in cover bands, why they started the Cover Band Confidential group, differences between Cover Band Central and Cover Band Confidential, comparing their local music scenes to our scenes, thoughts on tribute bands, pay scales, bar venue relationships. I mean, we went down the rabbit hole for sure, and it's a great episode. I also got to be a guest on their podcast, uh, again, Cover Band Confidential. Give it a listen. Uh, it's, it's honestly a great podcast, and as they say, it's geared towards getting you out of the Mustang Sally rut and getting you out of the man cave and onto the big stage. So it's a great listen. Um, and before we start everything, obviously, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It's a, it's a fun thing for myself and AJ, but it also takes a lot of time. And if you appreciate it and you enjoy listening, uh, five-star rating and hitting the subscribe button will go a long way. We don't make money for this, but uh, this is one of the things where I am cool with exposure points, and they are heavily valued. So please help us out, and without further ado, let's get into it. everybody thanks for joining today i have two very special guests uh dan ray is that just your facebook name or is that your actual that is name? my actual god-given well god didn't give it to me my parents gave it to me it's two name. first That's names two first names trouble about that you know my dad used to say never trust a man with two first names and he said that as he was meeting the president of my <laughs> college dropping me off freshman year whose name was mel george uh, <laughs> so he's basically like don't trust both of you exactly is what he's saying exactly <laughs> well that's dan ray and we also have adam johnson how are you guys today fantastic super man. good so um, Dan and Adam, um, you guys haven't heard me talk about this yet, but you will for a while. Um, I actually, uh, I got a, I think I got a, I th- one of you guys was probably ro- rolling through Instagram just liking like cover band hashtags that would maybe. be me. Yep. And, and so it <laughs> popped up on the Pork Tornadoes uh, page and normally I don't even look at that stuff. But um, I, I just happened to have a moment. I think I might've been sitting on the toilet in the morning or whatever. You know, I click on it immediately thinking, oh, cover band confidential. This sounds cool. I like cover bands. This is great. Let's see if they're actually legit. And I think I clicked on a podcast, um, and immediately went through like two or three of your episodes. Um, it's, it's awesome and refreshing to hear two guys like you that are kind of doing what we're doing here in, in Cedar Rapids with our music scene is just trying to convey to convey knowledge and trying to just get people together more than anything, just organize them in a group and, and answer questions and stuff. So I'm really happy that you guys wanted to join me because your, your Facebook page and group cover band confidential podcast, they're kind of going through the roof now. So I wanted to get you before you're too big. You really <laughs> get you on the thing. You know I mean? yeah, we, we're, we're just rolling in all of this podcast money. That's you right. have no idea. Right. No, we joke about having a sponsor on this podcast, but you actually have a sponsor on your podcast. We do. Yes. That's legit. It, 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 it makes, it definitely uh, appears that way. <laughs> <laughs> See, and did we not just talk about this on the, my episode with you guys? Is Absolutely. Like your appearance needs to be higher there than you where go. you're at, right? There yep. you go. Yeah. And we're not faking well, it till we make it, because that would imply that we actually knew what we were talking about when we started, or that correct. we were, were going anywhere in particular, which we are not. Well, well, I, I love it. But uh, before we get into that, I'd, I'd like to know uh, from each of you guys kind of uh, what got you into uh, playing music and, and what your current uh, musical projects are. Dan, you want to start it off? Sure. Yeah, I'll start. So um, I played music. Um, let's see. I first started um, playing music when I was a kid. I started piano lessons when I was five and guitar when I was 12. And I played drums and horns and all kinds of stuff. Um, in high school, I was the music kid, I did everything. I did choir and band and orchestra and handbell choir. And I was in the musical for three total years. Nerd, just complete music, music yes. dork, yeah. And then um, I went to a top 10 in the country music 
college with the intention of getting a music degree, actually in theory composition and writing for film, TV, and video games. And um, when I got there, I was weeded out by a very aggressive freshman weed out program and uh, decided that I did not need to be a professional musician. I could just play guitar and be happy. And I got an English degree, which did fine. So did I. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Totally fine. And then I didn't really do music for a long time uh, until about five or six years ago. Um, a friend was starting to put some people together to just kind of play casually and invited me. And, um, first thing we did together was, uh, take it easy. Eagles. Oh, yeah. That and was, that was the tryout song to see how it felt. Well, kind of we were thing. just, we were just messing around, but you know, yeah. when, when I hit that harmony part and you know, you know, when a good harmony is happening and it like echoes in your soul and your skull and like. It feels like it feels like you're listening to something that's not your voice. You know that yes. that moment, right? I had that for the first time in, you know, decades, and uh, and I I remembered how much I loved all of that, and um, um, so I am uh, I joined a band with him, and that lasted a while, and then we had sort of different directions we wanted to go, um, content wise, and um, so I started up my current project, was called, which is called the Clanky Lincolns. Um, I came up with that name standing outside the Hall of Presidents at Disney. My wife said, you want to go <laughs> nice. see the Hall of Presidents? And I said, I don't need to see any clanky Lincolns. Band names. It's, it's, oh, it struck me right there. And um, so we're a four-piece, uh, two guitars, bass, drums, um, and we play kind of all around central North Carolina, um, kind of a lot, lot like uh, the sort of venues the, the Portornators do and sort of variety um, at, uh, I would say, <laughs> significantly smaller scale than you have uh, achieved. But uh, you, you get in like the festival scene, like the town festivals. We're putting our toes like in it. We've done a few of those. Yep. We did a couple of those last summer and um, certainly some corporate events and uh, we got some weddings. Uh, we've done a couple of weddings and a couple more on the books. And um, so we're growing strong. We were voted um, in our local arts and entertainment um, weekly paper, which is called Yes Weekly. Um, the band was voted... Uh, best cover band in the triad, and I was voted best musician and best guitarist in the triad. Look at that, man! So yes, it's uh, it's accolades um, undeserved in terms of the just raw bestness of us, but um, it does it, you know expresses the support we have in the community and the people oh, yeah. who love us and want to support us and all that stuff. So awesome! How about you, Adam? So um, I also was kind of a, a child that was thrust into music with you know against my my will <laughs> in church. Um, it was, I was always embarrassed of my voice because I, I, my voice was high and I find that kind of ironic given my line of work <laughs> it's now. so useful now. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I found guitar pretty early. Uh, I saw the, the music video for Pound Cake on MTV and I was like, oh, I want to play guitar with a drill. Funny um, story. That, that was the first song I ever tried to learn how to play on the drums when I got a drum set, Pound Cake. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, um, started playing guitar when I was 10 and started playing in bands, you know, as soon as I had enough, you know, chords under my fingers to do that. Um, played original music, did the whole DIY punk thing, totally. uh, went to school in Nashville, um, and actually have a degree in the music business. Okay. Um, so that was for music then. Yes. So it was, it is a business school for musicians based in Nashville and, you know, did that whole thing. Uh, moved back to Atlanta and joined an original group that did, um, a, a number of records and toured and b- kind of did similar to what you, you guys did and, you know, got to do some fun stuff, never really, you know, crossed over the, the threshold, but, um, definitely have some, some fun stories to tell. Um, and like you do, uh, I got married and, uh, we had kids and traveling and touring just didn't really Especially fit with for that no anymore. Money really too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, uh, that project kind of fell apart and started thinking about doing covers again and um, cut my teeth with a group in the Atlanta area called uh, Yacht Rock Review, um, getting back into kind of the whole cover band world. And in doing that, I decided I wanted to run my own band. Um, So with their blessing and under their umbrella, I launched an 80s group called Members Only, which has been around for about five years now. And we're a primarily uh, corporate, private band that's, that's... 80% 80% of our business, we do occasional uh, public bar dates, municipal events, but um, primarily in the private market. Um, in doing that, we have kind of diversified, and we now have multiple imprints under a an agency to a degree um, that is booking all of these acts, oh, uh, nice. including me as a solo act. So it's kind of, it's kind of slowly building um, as we go. 
And in doing a lot of this, I found like, man, I could really use some information on how to um, right. run these things the kind of the way that I needed to. Or and, I have uh, questions. They didn't exist. I'd like to ask someone, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so about two years ago, I started writing um, about stuff that I thought was valuable um, around what, this like on a arena. Blog kind of thing? Yeah. So there, yeah. if you go to coverbandconfidential.com, uh, that is where the idea was born. Um, and I started writing and started posting it and, and kind of, st- you know, stumbled upon Dan in the process of kind of just sharing this information. Um, then Dan came and uh, he came on and wrote a couple of uh, posts uh, for the blog. And we just kind of built a bit of a rapport. And so I was like, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Would you want to do it? And he said, yeah, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, so when, when did the actual, um, like, Facebook page, the group, the podcast, when did that all start? So uh, I was checking it this uh, – I was, I was on the page looking at it. it. The whole thing started, I believe, the first episode was posted in August of last year. Yeah, okay. And you're on 60-something episodes right now, right? Yeah, 62. Wow. So – it may have been a little earlier than that. That's just when I saw I had posted it on the blog. So it might be, you know, June or Jul- July but from previous. But essentially a year. Essentially, yeah. 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 It's last summer. Seriously for a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with this group, um, did it, was it, I mean, I'm noticing that even from when I joined in the last month, it seems like it's starting to really gain some momentum. Was it pretty... Yeah pretty dead and stagnant there for a while trying to get people involved and now it's now it's nuts or what (laughs) yeah i mean initially you know and this is something that people who create content kind of need to need to hear and is that you just need to go ahead and start you don't need to wait for the audience to come to you you don't have to wait until you've got everything figured out for us it was really a matter of just starting the routine and the ritual of getting together and having a conversation and generating content week in and week out. Honestly, and, and Dan and I have had this conversation a, a couple of times. It really wasn't until we hit a year's worth of episodes that we really hit any momentum because what was happening is that people would stumble onto the podcast and then see that there's this entire backlog right. of content. And I think the fact that we had established ourselves, um, and we're at over 50 episodes, just kind of, again, gives it you a bit more credence. It a little yeah. bit, right? I mean, because I did the same thing. I lo- I'm like, oh, let's see what these guys were all about. And then, oh, okay, wow, okay, they're at 60. Because usually, don't you feel like you find a, a podcast that you might like, and then they, like six episodes in, they just stopped, and they haven't <laughs> released anything well, in the last 10. We were very I mean, that's inspired. how it always is. Yeah, we were very inspired by a podcast that did exactly that. I can't remember yep. their name, Adam. What was it? Oh, it really? Was, uh, gigging Success, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, Gigging Success. It sounds it, amazing. You're like, oh, this was is fantastic. Like, I want to listen to this. And they put out like eight glorious episodes and then went dark. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, and to and be then, honest, when we got to our eighth episode, there was every risk of that. I mean, we there there was very no seriously, one cares. Yeah. Let's just get yeah. rid of this. Well, that and there came a point where it was like, well, I think I've shot my load. I think I've said everything. Like my entire statement about this has been made. I don't know what I'm possibly yeah. going to do next. Um, yes, there's nothing else to be said. Yeah, and yet here we are, 62 episodes later, right? So it's there. You know, it's, it really is just uh, about keeping at it and keeping yourself challenged and keeping yourself. Um, uh, I, just I totally, agree. you know, forcing yourself into engagement sometimes. Yeah, well, and, you and, know. And, with, the, Oh, go ahead, bud. What I was going to say is the other thing that, that's been inspiring is that the, the content is now being generated by the community. Totally. Right. So for us, it was before we were just cranking stuff out. It was just a matter of, I have an idea, let's talk about it. And we still do that. But a lot of times we are now coming into episodes with information or questions that were brought by people who were just in the group. That makes um, it so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we're not really in the... Q&A kind of format necessarily. There's typically like there's a there's a bit of a recap and then there's some sort of meat to a conversation that we're planning on having. Um, but what is what what's been good is that as we're having these conversations and as we're kind of thinking through things, stuff is organically happening and coming right. up. So where you actually thing listen that, um, back and say, heck yeah, like I can't, yeah. can't believe we came to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The other thing that we've been, we've started to do is, is doing things like Facebook live and Instagram live and kind of, again, forcing myself to do that as regularly as I possibly can. And just in kind of running my mouth, stuff comes up. 
um, I think it's it's the creativity and the 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 creation part of it um, is is like a muscle that can be exercised, and it kind of talking and doing produces more talking and more doing, and it just kind of builds on itself. Were you guys were you inspired at all um, by um, what is that uh, cover band Central? Um, that that other kind of mega cover yeah, band, I mean, that's, that's Facebook how, page type thing. <laughs> that's how Dan and I met. Um, oh, was it really? <laughs> it was typically during a pile on, and um, we just happened to we were just on the same side of the pile. Well, we were on the same side of a few piles, and we kind of noticed yeah. that. So like, I kind of think I think the same way this guy does. Yeah. Well, have you have you seen? So um, I I I used to be a part of that. I mean, I guess I still am a part of that page, but. Um, it it got to the point where it was too big yep. and there really yep. wasn't any like helpful content totally. coming out of it. Exactly. And that's where I was trying to search for something else as well. And that's where our group kind of started in our Cedar Rapids area was mm-hmm. that I, I I want more information just to be out there. And, and, and that's cool that you guys are actually hitting that because I think our our crew and our, our scene around here, I think, is really going to benefit from listening to your podcast. Yeah. Hope so. You know, I would say that our current bump in listenership um, really began when um, Steve over at Cover Band Central changed the model and um, went to, he added his paid oh, yeah, version yeah. and he shut down the, the the free version for a couple of days and kind of had a whole conniption about that. And um, we didn't deliberately reach out and any, I mean, he, he asked people not to, right, yeah. to... To, to steal his members or something. Um, and so we didn't. We respected that. Yeah. But um, ever but since that... natural ha- evolution. Yeah, and ever since right? that happened, we've been getting, you know, three, four, five new members a day. So... Yeah. So I'm actually in his uh, VIP group. How is it? Um, okay. It, it's it's great, um, but it also... And it maybe, maybe you would feel this way, maybe I don't, because I, I think it's great, and I, I like Steve. I actually interviewed him a, like six months ago or something like that, but mm-hmm. I feel like his group has a lot more... of just the more of the weekend warrior, the older musician. Yeah. Where I think you, from what I can tell, it seems like a little bit of a younger crowd in your in your group. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, the the intent of of this community was to kind of be the the unique voice in the conversation, um, because we're we're not the only cover band podcast. We're not the only cover band blog. We're not the only cover band group. But. I felt like there were a lot of people saying a lot of things that I didn't agree with in those groups and that I wanted to, um, I wanted there to be a forum, um, that addressed those things. And a lot yeah, of it definitely. has to do with kind of generational differences. Um, I would agree. you know, yeah. not playing, not playing through amps and, uh, using right. ear monitors <laughs> and, you know, playing to clicks and, How playing dare to tracks you? Right. and those kinds of things. Um, there just wasn't, it wasn't tolerated. It wasn't accepted in that group. And there were lots and lots of people that felt, um, abandoned or kind of judged because they were trying to do something different or unique or more with the times. And I just, you know, I felt compelled to, to do that. Like some of the first stuff we wrote was about, you know, why your band should use tracks and why your band should stop using amps. Like, I mean, we were, we were courting that audience. Yep. When you're taking a stance on stuff too, we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty harsh on some of the things we talk about on this podcast because it's not this is not like a a participation ribbon kind of a of a thing. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah. you need you need some tough love, and, and I know it sucks, and I take a lot of shit. I get I mean I've had a lot of people, and I don't know if you're getting this, but the like. I got a backlash from people being like, well, why are you doing Why are you starting this group? What's in it for you? Why are you doing this? I'm like, I, I seriously just want to help. Well, I'm, clearly there's something, you're, you're doing this for a reason. And I don't know if you guys got anything like that, but it's, it's kind of hard to be the, be the bad guy sometimes in these situations, right? I mean, in, in, in my case, if anybody's talking about me, they're doing it behind my back. Yeah, I don't think I've heard any of that. <laughs> oh, I get um, it all to my face. Yeah, well, but <laughs> just go. with the pork tornadoes, we got mean tweets up the, up the butt in this band. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, we may not be at, a, at the level of notoriety yet to, uh, yeah. to garner such attention. Um, but Hopefully, I will say right? that, yeah, and even when I'm talking about tough conversations or things that are going on that I didn't necessarily agree with, I try to be respectful um, of the people and the groups and the organizations that I'm referring to um, by not addressing them directly and just kind of, you know, you can provide information without being pointed and hurtful. Totally, um, totally. But you can still tell the story objectively and truthfully. So, 
Um, well, and I, if you I go really through, you, think... you will hear me dancing around lots and lots I've, of things. I've heard you, man, because I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, no, just say it. Come on, just say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, I want we, you to say the bad stuff. We typically don't directly badmouth Cumberbatch Central, uh, we, but we've obliquely badmouth Cumberbatch Central a couple of times. I think that's what they're referring we have, to. We have yeah. not disagreed with people who did. That's right. That's right. It, are, you, are you kind of bummed that you have the CBC? You're both the CBC? I mean, not particularly. Could, it was, it was still it just sort of happened. I still, yeah. It, I, I, I came up with a name, actually. I think before I ever joined that group. Yeah, totally. It, it just seemed the alliteration felt good, and it seemed like it was kind of covering the what I was trying to convey. It, it totally did. Like I it's mean, the drew me in right scoop. away. Yeah. Yep. Um, around here, I, I'd love to know what your take is. Like we we sort of operate in a bubble. You know, we're in our little. Eastern Iowa music scene here. Um, and even just from city to city, um, I feel like the scenes can be very different in how things mm-hmm. are, are how, how they're, you know, is co- our cover bands huge here. Our original bands here, huge here. Are you, you know, what are your scenes like? Um, you know, what, what, what have you noticed from being in the group from other people's scenes that you've talked to is, are we really all just the same, just in different places? Are things truly different from town to town? I yeah. think, yeah. Well, I don't know that I don't know that any of us have the the perspective to really fully answer that. But um, I think there are absolutely commonalities. You know, a, a bar booker in two cities way across the country, or they're probably both looking for the same thing. You know, and you probably talk to them the same way. Um, I think that there are cultures to a town here in Greensboro, Central North Carolina. For those of you who don't know, but right about halfway between Raleigh and Charlotte, um, this is a town of uh, about a quarter million in a region, sort of the county and the area around it has um, maybe twice that. And um, the cover band scene is strong. What's really growing strong is the the solo acoustic scene. Mm. Lots of places are doing solo acoustic. Um, Just because it's maybe cheaper. For sure, it's uh, cheaper, uh, less yeah, less set up. You can stick the guy in the corner and it's still nice. Yeah, lower barrier event. For sure. Event. So a lot of restaurants and stuff that aren't wouldn't at all be set up for a band are doing solo acoustic. I, I, you can hardly throw a rock without hitting a place that's doing solo acoustic. <laughs> um, now, I I also play occasionally as a guest player in a jam band called Viva La Muerte, um, dead inspired, as you can hear by the, yeah. by the name. Um, so there is a really strong jam band scene here, th- it, which a lot of it falls out of the fact that um, UNC Greensboro oh, is the h- home to a sociology department that has a lot of people in it who are literally students of music fan bases, including very much the Grateful Dead. So wow. there's a there's a sociologist here who has done. She was really the first person doing any sort of academic work on the on dead culture, and um, so a lot of deadheads came here to sort of study with her. And um, there is a very big Grateful Dead and jam band scene here. Um, there's also a very strong punk scene here. Um, and a pretty strong kind of rock scene. Now, what's interesting is they don't, I mean, you, you mentioned um, earlier, Mike, the, the kind of sneering between the, like looking down at, at, at um, uh, yeah, cover, cover acts, right? Original, yeah. uh, th- that isn't really the case here. They just never okay. touch. They're just in total separate bubbles. They're yeah. completely. Is it, it's a big enough area for everyone <laughs> to exist kind of a thing? I think the venues are different. I think the venues don't overlap. Um, there are venues that are all original all the time, Exclusively, and mostly because they don't want to pay for licensing. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> um, and then there are venues that you know, like a like a bar, just wants cover bands. Yeah, That's of all course they, want. they just yeah. want. I don't care who you are, play the songs people want. Exactly, know, exactly. Get people to dance, have a you know, get them thirsty, and that's the night. Um, so I think it's I think it's a function of the venues are picky about what kind of music they want, and as a result. You don't get sort of cross pollination much unless you got a player like me who does. My cover band is my main you thing, and then I'm both, yeah. over there with these guys. And it really elevated my playing, by the way, to suddenly have to be quoting Jerry Garcia. You know, it's like altered I my bet. brain in some very interesting <laughs> ways. Um, but uh, but yeah, here there's not there's not a lot of the bubbles don't touch very okay. much at all. What um, about what about in Hotlanta over there? Uh, we had a conversation. Oh, sorry, about I, this I'm sorry, thing. I shouldn't say that. Right? Cold Lanta. Yeah. Cold yeah. Atlanta. For, My for Atlanta. those of <laughs> for those of you in Iowa, and and no disrespect, I've I've been to your <laughs> lovely state. Um, here's here's a fun fact about me. Uh, I don't even think Dan knows. Um, in high school, I uh, I went to the University of Iowa in Ames and competed 
in Iowa a traditional. State. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my yes, bad. get that right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I competed in a traditional Native American dance competition. Wow. At that school. I did yes. not know that. That's amazing. That's, yeah, so that I, is interesting. I don't know anyone who's done that. In my day, I was nationally ranked as a competitive Native American dancer. What? Yep. That's a whole awesome. thing. So you you've been to it. our state. You've been I to have. Ames, Iowa. And it's, it was I, I got to admit, and being to Ames, Iowa is not the most crazy part of that story for I, me. But No, yeah. I mean, it just happened to be that that was where this whole, my whole career there culminated. Anyway. Ah, that's amazing. Um, the start of so, the end. But yes, we don't we don't say Hotlanta in in Atlanta. It's we about twelve <laughs> years ago we all decided at once that it wasn't acceptable. That's anymore. not cool. <laughs> but um, so I would say our our market is very large. You know, we're a major metropolitan city, and the metro Atlanta area is is six plus million. Oh geez, um, yeah, yeah, it's sprawling and it's it's crazy. And um, with that, we have kind of it's clicky. And so kind of like what Dan was saying that, you know, the groups don't ever don't really touch much. And that is that is the case um, here as well. Um, And what you what you do have, though, is you have many, many different tiers of bands and venues. So there is there will be some overlap. So a a cover band who gets to a certain level of prominence will play um, a larger venue that only original, you know, touring acts would play. Um, and that kind of thing. The the thing that I think is really kind of prevalent in our market right now are tributes. Um, hmm, they're huge. There is every single kind of tribute you can think of. Uh, everything from you know literally Abba to ZZ Top, A to Z. Yeah, I mean, um, pick a band; it's probably taken already, yeah. right? Yeah. We've got. I think there are four competing Van Halen tributes, um, at least two Bon Jovi tributes. Um, wow. Run here at Zeppelin. Really? We, yeah. There's yeah. a couple Zeppelin. And, and um, uh, Skinner. Okay, yep. that makes sense. My old my old band now is a Skinner tribute. Wow. Um, so it, it's just that's what that's what's selling right now, and there are lots and lots of venues who cater to that audience. Um, well, if you think it, about it, we I've had some conversations recently about why why tribute bands are being so successful and why pe- so many people are doing it is because it's almost like we talked about on your podcast, like. Everybody wants the the notoriety and they want the big shows and the big crowd, but they don't want to put in five years of work to get yeah. there. So if you start a tribute band, and this is in no way putting down tribute bands, I I actually love going to see them and I've got some great friends in it. But yeah, you can immediately have two hundred yeah. th- to three hundred people at your show on your first yeah. show immediately if you have a shtick or a tribute or something like that. You know, absolutely right. But and do you think you know, it? Oh, go ahead, bud. Yeah, I mean, in in our case, like my bands are quote unquote tribute bands in this, but in a in a different sense, a broader um, sense, right? Because you're yeah. mostly what like '80s uh, '80s party kind of thing. Yeah, so I've got an '80s imprint and a '90s imprint, and those are both oh, nice. considered tributes. But the the where we consider it tribute is that it's period correct um, as far as the music goes, and that the level of precision is correct. at a tribute level. Um, but there, we don't wear wigs. We don't wear costumes. It's it's and, not. And you're open it's not cheesy to in that sense. A lot of artists, you don't have to just stick to this one artist. Exactly. Exactly. That's a really interesting observation, though. That it's it's like a it's like a shortcut into a big scene. Oh, for sure. It, it is, but it also I feel like it's limited immediately from there. Like you you have you have a, a ceiling that you'll never get past sure. because. I, I don't like Bon Jovi, so I'm not going right. to come to your show. But if it, if you were an 80s band that also played Bon Jovi, I'm probably going to come to your show. Yeah. You know? Right, you'll sit through the one Bon Jovi song we play at the end of the night and you know have fun the rest of the time. Yeah, and so I, I think it's, I, it's a very... I was going to ask you, it's on my list about tribute bands. I think that yeah. that is a huge thing in the country right now, and it's... it's it, you're, I mean, you're basically confirming that, that yeah. it's, it's gigantic, especially in big cities. Yeah, we certainly have yeah. them here. What what we what I've been seeing a lot of is that they're now actually touring in packages. Yes, huh. they are. Yeah. So um, I've got a buddy Eric who does who who is Kurt in a Nirvana tribute, and it it's he's amazing. What's their name? It's, Sorry to interrupt you. What's never the mind. Nirvana name. Okay, they're we have one locally. Mind. They're they're called Nirvomit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Nice. Yeah, I, I kind of like that name. It's pretty good. <laughs> So, good. He, but, but but there, I mean, he's is he making a career out of that at this point? No, I mean, but it, that, that's definitely his primary gig. But what he just did is he started a Chris Cornell tribute called Black uh, oh, Black wow. Hole Sun. Good, oh, that's um, awesome. He's just got he's just got that voice, 
And um, but he played their first set, their first show sold out. Because isn't that nuts? Well, it, it isn't. It isn't because he's already established himself as like basically the authority on this kind of music, and oh, he's okay. talented. You so trust for, to know that it's going to be good if if he exactly. starts a project. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's that is where he's coming from, and you know he's he's kind of that's he's made his entire bread and butter on the whole tribute thing, which he he wasn't doing five years ago, but he just kind of hopped on the bandwagon, just has rode the thing. Uh, it's been incredible to see what he's been able to do. And he's a oh, down-to-earth guy awesome. and just really super stupid talented. Um, well, and I love, and that, you know, I love that. So, And that's what's super cool is that basically his bands or even Adam, your band, could immediately travel to Cedar Rapids, Iowa and book a gig and play and people would come out where if, if the Pork Tornadoes booked a gig in Atlanta... Um, it would take a lot of work, uh, yeah. a lot of advertising and a lot of like multiple trips there to, to get to the same level. So it's yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense on why people are doing that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It comes with a built in, you know, piece of marketing. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and the band, the band you're tributing has already done your marketing for you. Really. They already did. More yeah. or less. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even with the, the 80s thing, like, you know, we're still working within a frame, um, but it's how creative can you be? Um, totally. And we've just been very fortunate with these 80s and 90s content. Um, it's all coming, you know, it's all coming back around. Right. So, you know, we've got a, we've got our own Stranger Things uh, T-shirt that oh, says nice. members only on it. I'm still waiting to see who sues me first, but. Yeah. Well, um, we haven't gotten we've also to, got, we, we used the Stranger Things song and I hired some guy from the internet to recreate the logo to say the Pork Tornadoes. And we've played yeah. that before shows sometimes. I, nobody's called me yet. So I think you're going to yeah. be all right. Yeah. Well, and if you go into our, like our Threadless store, like we've got an MTV style logo and like, you know, we're, we're definitely culture vulturing, um, the aesthetic, you know, for all it's worth. So are, are you seeing success in that though? Because I'm uh, with this whole nostalgic kick of the, of the eighties and, and the nineties, I think it's a huge market right now for people. For sure. I, I mean, are you seeing that people are coming out just based off of what you're offering versus yeah. having not even heard you play yet? I, and yeah, I guess I you mean, said you do a lot of corporate gigs too, so that's probably where it's coming. We do, but also, you know, what we, we we'll play a public date probably. We try to do it quarterly just to kind of keep our name out. And what that does is that those public dates begat private dates. Um, of course, yeah, pretty easily. And you know what we've done is we've tried to be really intentional about making the events memorable. So we've got um, we've got a series called '80s Ladies Night. Um, we've got another series called Fanny Pack Friday, oh, uh, where huge. we really kind of build up the um, the experience around it. Um, some kind of creative marketing strategies to have celebrities kind of help us pitch the um, the the shows that we're doing. Uh, we I've I've really tried to you know play every angle I can possibly do. The other thing is is that Stranger Things is actually shot in Atlanta. And, oh, was um, it? Yes. So you know, for us. We, I know people who are in that production. The the gal who um, who plays Carrie Elwes's wife on this season is a is a local girl that I n- wow. know just as a local actress. Um, so when the Atlanta it has a very big movie production um, kind of ecosystem, and we've been approached on a number of occasions to do production events. And we were approached uh, at the end of season two to actually play uh, the Stranger Things rap party. Really? Um, yeah. But they kept changing the date because the production oh, kept moving back. Yeah. It, it ended up falling through. But it was one of those things where we were signing that very been weird. Awesome. Yeah, we were signing very weird pieces of paper that said <laughs> that we say which whatever. It ended up falling through, but it, on the same minute, it was, uh, it was fun. So. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, I like that you guys are. Um, are, are We've preached that from the start of don't just don't just be a band that happens to be playing at a bar. Be the reason why people go to the yeah, bar. Totally. I mean, because that's that's it's for everybody. It it creates it brings more people into the event. They're they're there to have a good time. They're going to spend more at the bar. I mean, it just it just it just makes for for a better experience for everybody. Um, I had a question for you though. Um, if if you guys feel like diving in, you don't really have yeah, to yeah. get into it too detailed, but um. What what is a what what is your pay scale like in, in your t- in your towns? I mean, not necessarily just for your band, but what is is there sort of like a minimum amount that a cover band or an original band might get paid to play a bar versus 
versus getting into the top tiers of bands and what maybe they charge? Well, first things first, there is no minimum. Um, they will <laughs> venues will will pay you as little as they possibly can to get to get you to come. Um, and yeah. that goes for cover bands and original groups. Sure. Um, we have definitely gotten to the point where we, there's a, there's a going rate for sure. Um, bands getting started are still kind of in that a hundred bucks a man kind of ecosystem. Um, but we are, we've kind of priced ourselves out of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, for, for bar gigs and stuff, we're, we're still making over a thousand dollars a show and our, our private events, we're making, you know, three to five times that. On average. Are you finding that it's a it's a problem to get the bar gigs now because you sort of have a minimum? Are they saying, eh, I know you bring a big crowd, but I could also just hire this other band for 200 bucks? It, it, we have, we've got a couple of different venues that we have partnered with. Um, one of them uh, is in the city and does ticketed events, so uh, oh, they great. don't pay us anything. But, you know, we can still walk out the door with, you know, 2,500 bucks if, if they, if, you know, if everybody has a good night. So, um you know, but there are for, for the ones that don't charge covers. Yeah, we we don't really do those very often. You know, if we got a light month and you know, I was like, hey guys, can we? You, you know, we'll do this for two hundred bucks a man. Are you guys up for it? You know, we will or we won't, depending on right. you know, availability. For the Cleveland, we're much more. I would say bar bar work is much more our bread and butter. And um, um, you know, we're only two years in, so for quite some time we've been in the hundred hundred bucks ahead mode. Now this um, accolade we just won. Um, gave me the leverage to negotiate some raises, which I have done pretty much across the board. So we're we're up, you know, up the food chain just a little bit. I will say there's there's um, one exception to that. Um, there is a brew pub in town that is sort of the new hot, younger crowd, fun place. Um, uh, that would be quite um, uh, branding wise harmonic with uh, your uh, act, Mike. The place is called Oh yeah, place is called, uh, yeah. The place is called Pig Pounder. Pig oh, nice. Brewing. That works out yeah. pretty good. Um, anyway, we, we have a deal with them. We're there once a month um, for the rest of the year. And so we gave her a little bit of a discount for that volume. For, for that steady volume, And yeah. it's, you know, it's become sort of a home home base for us. Um, we are on a pretty regular circuit of, of some standing, you know, places that we play. And, and um, we just sort of turned up the volume on the pricing. Every time we go to rebook, I, you know, hit them for an extra 50 bucks or... Right. Um, and pretty much they've Not been willing much. to do that. Pretty much. Yeah. Don't you think as long as you're as long as you're bringing in people and they're spending money at the bar? Yeah. I mean, totally. And you're putting on a good show. You you should be able to ask for more money. You, and if yeah, if they're saying no, then either you you find a better place or you reevaluate what you're doing and go, are are do we deserve to get a raise exactly. here? You know? Exactly. And I think a lot of people. It's true. You know, not just in bands. It's true anywhere. You know, effort is exchanged for funds. Um, People are weird about asking for more money. People are weird right. about asking for money. Um, yeah. So don't be weird is my <laughs> advice about that. You know, you don't ask, you don't get. And people are not offended to be asked. It's, no. you know, if they can't do it, they can't do it. And they'll tell you that. Most yeah. of them, most of them um, where I have been, the booker has a budget. And as a four piece, um, I might be at the low end of their budget. They might have a budget for a five or maybe even a six piece. That's true. And so why not go ahead and hit them up for that difference? Um and if it's, beyond, it's really no different. I it's mean, no different. Just because I have another guy in the band doesn't mean that yeah, <laughs> you have so, to pay more. So they're not going to save a hundred bucks, you know, that they would pay on a five piece that night. All right. Well, I, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Um, and if they say no, they say no, but you might as well ask. Exactly. And sometimes, sometimes it, the answer is, um, you know, that's beyond my budget, but let me go talk to the, you guys always deliver. So let me go talk to the owner. And, um, that comes back a, a variety of different ways, but, um, you know, you, you should not be. Especially once you're kind of established someplace, you got two or three dates under your belt there. Um, as a partner, you want to, you know, I, I, what what has worked for me is to put that in the context of a conversation about like, listen, I want to make sure we're delivering for you. I want to make sure yeah. that you um, you're getting what you need from us. Is there any feedback you have for me? Anything you want to see us do different or better? Or you know, do you, do you think the song choice is good for your crowd? Do you think you know it's they seem to respond well as far as I can tell? But you're hearing them, you know, you're yeah, with them the next you- day, so. What you know? What are you hearing? And you know, kind of once you're in that conversation, there's like, there's room to say, you know, I'm looking to move my prices up, uh, up market a little bit. Is there anything you can do for me? And um, mostly, they're open to that. Whether they can do it or not is another question. But you're not offending them with that question. You, you that's a huge point that you brought up. Uh, we're, 
I, I don't know. I guess we're we're in an area where we're we're struggling because there is there's only one place, one venue in town that will charge a cover, and it's very occasionally. Mm. So yeah. all we've built up this market where people do not expect to spend any money going to see live music, and it's so dangerous. We're off the cliff. We don't know how to get back because it's just not possible. But the problem that I'm seeing is that these venues now are on the hook immediately. Like if the night sucks, the venues lose out versus the band's always going to get their money. And it's this, it's this kind of going rate. Like, it's just like, well, this is what you pay bands. It's, I, I, it's been a while since I've been in the bands or the bar circuit around here, but it's always been like about 600 bucks. And even if you're a brand new band, it's like, well, we make 600 bucks. And that's, that's such a dangerous, um, this is what we pay all of our bands. And it, it, you, you talked about that two-way street of the venue owner and the band working together to make a good night. That's where, so important. So it's kind of dangerous around here right now. I feel, not everybody, but I feel bands are expecting the venue to do all the work. Oh, it's like, yeah. it's, that's, that's a scary thing. No, you thing. can't do that. You can't do that. If you do that, then um, what you're giving up on is ever having a following of your own. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and I think we talked about that earlier too. You know, too many times around here, it's you go, you go to a bar that just so happens to have a band playing, in right? It versus you're going to see a band that also has a bar in it. You know, right. I, that, right. that's that's what you got to strive for. Yeah. And and I don't know that maybe that's the complacency sometimes in it. But yeah, that we're we're off the cliff. So I don't know yeah. how we'll ever get a cover charge back in this town because it's just we're too far gone, and the general public will refuse it unless you have a product that they want. So I don't know how we're going to get past that. But that's uh, this group's been around for maybe about two years, and that was one of the f- first things we talked about is what do we do? Mm. How do we get yeah. the general public to come out and maybe pay a little more money? Yeah, I mean, in our case, we we intentionally priced ourselves out of stuff. You know, we totally we, like we went into a venue and we we laid waste and they were like, man, we'd love to have you back. Like, that's cool. You know, we did this one for you a favor, but it, and we, we need to make we need to make this much money uh, in order for us to come back. And he said, hey, we can't do this. Like, no problem. Best of luck to you out there. If that ever changes, let me know. Yeah. And then, you know, Don't six burn months the later. Bridge. Yep. Six months later, they were they were hitting me up again. So. Um, it, the the thing that people need to understand is you have to provide value and if you you know if you can't provide value then you don't have any leverage you don't have any leverage with your audience you don't have any leverage with the with the venue owners um everybody's you, you have to make sure that you ha- you bring something unique that you solve a problem in your market totally I, that that's huge I mean, you, you have to, you can't just do, you just can't regurgitate what every other band's playing and expect to get anywhere. Right. Well, what do you get guys beyond I, wherever those are, you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right where you are. So I have a theory that you guys are both uh, the dictators of your band. Is that true? <laughs> um, Dan? Well, Adam certainly <laughs> is. Um, uh, I, so in the Clay Lincolns, I am essentially business manager. I do or at least participate in almost all the booking. I own the PA. I handle the money. I um, try to make sure the schedule... Do you write the checks out on the dashboard of your car? I, your I Venmo them, but yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's me. Um, artistically, we are pretty much a democracy. Okay. Um, pretty much. Um, you know, we'll try anything. We'll, we'll bring, pretty much bring anything into the rehearsal room. It doesn't mean everything's going to work for us. Totally. Um, and we're pretty, we're pretty ruthless about ditching stuff when it's failed to light the room up on two rehearsals in a row. Um, so, uh, uh, dictator in some areas, I would say I, I've been fully in charge of our branding and merch and design and where you, you don't know. let anybody else. So if a message comes through to your group, it is expected fully that you're the only one that's going to read this and it's going to respond to it. Right. Um, on like your social media. I think it happens that Justin, my co-front man and co-founder also has access to the Facebook page, but I've never seen him do anything there. Okay. Okay. I think that's pretty right. big. Yeah. To, to, to have only one person kind of handling the social media. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, just, yeah. Your, your point that you just made on our podcast half an hour ago was that if, you, if two people are doing it, then you'll both come and look at the message and neither of you will, Act exactly. on exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What about so you? At Adam? least in my case, I um, I do all the things that Dan does, but I have at least the decency to say that it, I'm in charge of everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah it's I mean, on in your my name case, badge that you wear. 
Yeah, basically. Um, you know, I'm I'm the one who fronted all the all the stuff. So I own the PA and the website and the branding and the, you know, all of that. Um, and my guys are contractors, more or less. Okay. And I've got guys that are, I've got an, you know, what I consider an A squad, which are my top players who play with us the most. Um, but that is, you know, I, I <laughs> just based on this market and the competitive nature of bands and stuff, I've just learned not to get terribly attached to people because, you know, situations come and go and I don't want to be in a situation where I'm like, I, I begrudgingly let go of somebody because they found a better opportunity. Like, right. You know, I, I'm not trying to be that kind of person. So, um, I'm the only, me and the, the guitar player are the only original quote unquote members of the group. Um, and even in that capacity, he's, he's always kind of been the, when do I show up? Where do I stand? Kind of yep. you know, <laughs> mentality. So, what are we wearing tonight? Kind yep. of thing. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, in, in my case, I do make all the decisions, and I, 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 I will seek uh, input if I feel like I need it, but um, ultimately, I'm the one in, you know, the buck stops with me. So, That's awesome. I, 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 I do think there'd be some coolness to uh, just having that full control. I mean, this is your baby, but there's probably also some people that maybe don't care as much as you, the musicians do, right? Because yep. uh, clearly you've put in a lot of time and you continue yep. to put in a lot of time where maybe they just don't care. You probably have a little resentment there. Or is it is it made up in the fact that you're making more money? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes is the answer to that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm using the... I, I, I do... I pay my guys basically a flat rate. Um, but the, they are in charge of... Very little. Um, we don't rehearse very often. We, you know, we play fairly regularly, um, and they're not on the hook for anything else. So, um, I do take a higher cut, and then I reinvest, you know, totally. the, the the money that we're making in on things like you know paying the PA off or um, paying for a video crew or getting logos done or that kind of thing. So, nice. Well, I, I won't keep you guys too much longer, but what's the what's the future hold for uh, for both your bands and for this uh, cover band confidential group moving forward? Well, we'd like to get more people. I think that's the <laughs> universal. <laughs> Bigger, more. Yeah, Bigger, up, more. Up, 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 more, deeper. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we're looking to do um, with uh, with cover band confidential. Um, I'm I'm very motivated to kind of dig into a few more, uh, channels. So, um, a YouTube channel is definitely on, in, in the pipeline. Um, we already have one, but right now it just has kind of episodes, past episodes and, you know, occasional stuff. I'm, I want to be a bit more intentional about the content that we're putting out there. Definitely. And, um, we are in the process of slowly writing a book, um, that will oh, yeah, take right. All the stuff that we've been discussing and kind of put it into a concise package. Um, I put down a couple huge. pages on um, setlist design just today, actually. Fantastic! Oh, I awesome. have not. I have completely been slacking, I, and I was the one that was like, "We got to really buckle down and get <laughs> yeah. this thing done." And, <laughs> and then totally he did it. Not, <laughs> totally not. Actually, I, I wish we had multiple hours to talk about this stuff, but the book's going to be great because I, I those are the type of things I just love talking about. You know, like why why put these songs in the set list and why put them here like i i, yeah. I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on that yeah cool we've got a couple we've definitely had a, a couple of conversations we have basically decided that um it is a dark art um it really is and it's not probably perfect either right oh no. never is no. never is and and it's funny when you first ask the question about like what's the difference between the markets and stuff. The first thing that I thought of is like, well, where do you put Sweet Child of Mine in the set? <laughs> yeah, is is it in the middle or is it at the very end? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> like you know, in our in our market, you you better play black, some Black Crows uh, because they're they're Georgia boys. Um, and there's just there's regionally there's just going to be stuff that you have to play. That, right, you know, uh, it doesn't go over in other markets. So that's very true. Yeah, you got to look ahead at your. It can't just be the same set list every night, right? It's got to nope. change depending on the venue and Completely. what kind of crowd's going to be there. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Well, I'm excited for. Is there going to be a podcast episode about that, or have you already done that? Oh, we've talked about it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've necessarily delved into it like for for like a, a full as a episode. main topic. Maybe not, but it's definitely come up on a number of occasions, though, for sure. Awesome. Kind of, well, no, Dan, no, Dan, no, tell no, me what uh, 
Oh, sorry, Adam. D- Dan, tell me what what all these uh, Cedar Rapids Music Scene Group uh, band members can expect if they listen to your podcast and join your Facebook page. Oh, uh, you know, answers to everything. The, basically, every answer you ever wanted. Everything, everything, yeah. Yeah, meaning of life. I, I, the, the elevator pitches, our, our goal is to, um, is to teach people how to run their bands like a business and um, how to get out of the, uh, the Mustang Sally rut uh, that oh, a lot God. of people are kind of in. You know, we, we kind of, I, I coined this phrase, man cave band, um, where it's people are there to play music for themselves and not for others. And, you know, how that can be a detriment or, totally. or a great benefit, depending on your kind of frame of mind. Um, but what we, the, the, the thing that we took issue with was the fact that a lot of people join man cave bands and don't know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, <laughs> and for those people, who are like, oh, crap, I'm in a man cave band. What do I do? That's what <laughs> all of this content We're is We're trying for. to help. Yeah, yeah exactly. Let's get out of this. Exactly. Get out of the man cave and get on a stage. Exactly. As we say awesome. at the beginning of every episode, we're here to help you rock more and suck less. Yeah. Mean, that's perfect, right? That's what everybody wants to do. There you go. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, well fellas, I, I really appreciate you, you taking the time to, uh, to be on this podcast, and, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing with your group, and uh, I'm definitely on board. I'm, I'm going to be uh, you know, chiming in and, and checking stuff out, and I hope we get to chat more again soon. Um, tell, tell us where we can find everybody, and we'll, we'll end this episode. All right. You can find us on uh, Facebook uh, under Cover Band Confidential. There is a page and a group. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Cover Band Confidential. Uh, we do have a Twitter account, but it's like cover band confit because <laughs> users are, of course, the usernames aren't long enough. Um, and then you can find us individually. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Adam J Music. Uh, same with Twitter. And uh, yeah. yeah. You can find me on Facebook at Dan Re Musician. Uh, same handle on Instagram and uh, on Facebook at The Clanky Lincolns. Awesome. And uh, well, you can look up our band on, I'm sorry, at uh, Members Only ATL on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, and, and the podcast on most of the streaming yep. outfits, right? Yes. Co- cover Band Confidential. Awesome. Yep. Well, fellas, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your time, and hopefully we'll talk soon, man. Very good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, fellas. See you later. Bye.